Good morning, church family, and uh, happy Mother's Day. I want to thank Kyle and Macy uh, Tanner for leading us in worship this morning. You know, we are so blessed to have a wonderful couple to lead us in our worship time. And thanks to you both for doing what you do with excellence and with faithfulness. You know, today is a day that is set aside to remember and to appreciate, to celebrate and to honor our mothers. Um, Our mothers are very important to us. And uh, from our first breath, uh, she's cared for us, she's met our needs, she's nurtured us and, and loved us unconditionally. No one else loves us like our mothers do. I mean, you know, to the moon and back. Our, our mothers taught us many things, and here are a, a few of the things that, that my mother taught me and, and some things that mother taught me. So uh, my mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. You know, she used to say, if, if, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning, and I don't want any blood on the kitchen floor. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, my mom would, would say, a job worth doing is worth doing right. And she always encouraged us to do our best. Um, and that's what mothers do. They encourage us to do our best. Um, my mother also taught me about religion. She said, you better pray that will come up out of the carpet. And... Um, <laughs> You know, she, she also taught me things like the books of the Bible. She taught me how to pray. She taught me and led me. Uh, she was the one who prayed with me to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And so I am, I am very blessed and very thankful uh, that my mother was able to, to teach me those things. Uh, my mom also taught me about time travel. She would say, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of the next week. And so... Um, you know, or my, my favorite was this one. She'd say, I'm going to jerk a knot in your tail. I mean, as a kid, I was thinking, do I, do I have a tail? Um, you know, or, or I don't even have a tail. Um, my mother also uh, taught me about planning ahead and foresight. She used to say, make sure you wear clean underwear just in case you're in an accident. Now, I, I don't know how that applies to anything, but, I mean, it makes sense. I guess it's common sense. Um, my mom also taught me about humor. You know, when that lawnmower cuts your toes off, don't come running to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, my mom would say something like this. She would say, just have a good laugh and go on. Um, and, and so, you know, those are things I just want to say, happy Mother's Day. Um, whether your mother is still with you today or has gone on uh, to glory, uh, I hope the remembrance and the memory of your mom makes you smile uh, for the laughter, the humor, and the good times that you shared. Um, I hope it makes you deeply thankful for her tremendous investment in your life, even at the cost of her own personal sacrifices. Um, I hope it makes you appreciative of her unconditional and unfailing love, causing you to be a better person and being able to pass the valuable lessons on that she taught you uh, through her love, her care, and through her life. So today, Mom, uh, we honor you for all that you have done for each one of us. Uh, what, a, what a blessing you have been to us. You know, golly, I, I can't even believe that Easter was a month ago um, and that it's already Mother's Day. Uh, this year is just flying by. You know, with all that said, these are strange and difficult days, and we get many different 
conflicting news reports about the spread and the containment of the coronavirus. It seems to dominate our, our world today. And when we actually do begin to, to meet in person again as, as memorial, uh, we want to do it safely and we want to do it in a way that protects uh, our most vulnerable people. Um, last Tuesday evening, our deacons met online uh, for a Zoom meeting uh, to discuss our reopening for worship. Uh, we discussed many different challenges of gathering in person for worship at this time. The deacons, in conjunction with our church staff, have decided to wait a little longer to see how things go in our area before coming back in corporate worship together. Our leadership will, team will meet again uh, uh, the week of May 17th to discuss our progress concerning our reopening and what might be a, a target date for that. We do not have not set a date yet uh, at this point. So we, we haven't set a date to reconvene in worship yet. We will continue with our current online worship format and Wednesday evening update through our Bible study and, and podcast. You know, some of the key concerns that, that are really at the forefront that we discussed were our inability to properly sanitize the building. Um, some of the products needed to do that are still very difficult to get. We talked about the screening of individuals who are coming in to, to make sure they don't have uh, symptoms. We talked about mandatory wearing of masks and hand sanitizing and not being able to guarantee the safety of volunteers and, and children for child care. Um, these issues would make it more difficult and it makes it feel more like a hospital than, than a church family. When we eventually do reopen, we're going to work open just for worship services only. Probably Sunday school and small groups and child care and other ministries will have to be phased in over time as it becomes safe for us to do so. Um, we're kind of hoping that maybe the warmer weather will help us facilitate that sooner. But thank you for your understanding and patience during this time, Memorial. Uh, we love you and, and we long for a day when we can be back together uh, as a church family. And... Um, we just want to be able to do that safely. Um, you know, I would say that this has been a very strange year. Um, but it's also been a great year. I mean, I remember in January and February, we, um, we were meeting and, and, and I was preaching about discipleship. And then at the end of February, Ryan Wood came and, and he preached for us a very challenging message. Then we had a sermon series on evangelism. And we, we celebrated Palm Sunday and, and Easter uh, digitally through video. And more recently, we've been talking about the great commission of our Lord. Um, we've talked about the power of our mission. We've talked about the place of our mission. We've also talked about the project of our mission. And today, I, I just want to encourage you, and I'd like to focus a little bit on the promise of our mission. And I know that... Uh, our Lord has given us this great commission, and He desires this for each and every one of us. You know, there's a principle in Scripture that every disciple of Jesus Christ should be aware of. You know, God never gives us a command without making a corresponding promise. The things that He commands us to do, He enables us to do. And so He equips us to do those. But recognize that for every command that He gives us, He gives us a promise to go with it. 
See, this principle holds true with the Great Commission. He gave us this important and and most difficult command. But he also gave us one of the most precious promises in all of the Bible. We're going to be in in Matthew 28, uh, verses 18, 19, and 20, as we read once again the Great Commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our scripture says this, it says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, even to the end of the world. Folks, these are words of a promise of his presence. We have the promise of Jesus' presence. You know, when I was a kid, I I never remember worrying about crime or or violence. I mean, I might have been scared of some things, but I don't remember that being part of the equation. I mean, even though there was crime and violence around, we were never afraid, especially when my dad was home. Um, We trusted him. We knew that he would defend and and take care of us. And I can remember waking up scared in the middle of a thunderstorm and and hearing my dad's voice saying, it's all right, son, I'm right here. Even in my sleep, I knew that things were all right if my dad was there. Then as I grew up and I started a family of my own, I, I always wanted my wife and my children to feel safe. Even at times when I may not have been able to physically be there, but especially when I was present. I wanted them to know they have my love, they have my protection, they have my presence. See, Christ, he promised to be with us himself. He said, and lo, I am with you always. You know, in the original language, there's a strong emphasis on the word I. It's as if he was saying, I, even I, will be with you. Man, that's a tremendous promise from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I will be with you. You know, the handful of untraveled, uneducated, unequipped men who first heard the command to go make disciples of all the nations would surely have despaired at the Lord's command if he had not concluded it with this promise. I mean, they knew that his presence would be provision enough. I mean, they were the ones who carried the baskets of leftover food from the field after Jesus had fed the multitudes with the little boy's lunch. They were the ones who carried that. They were the ones who knew about his provision and and what he could do. Listen, my encouragement to you this morning is this. You don't need to worry about material things when the Lord is with you. In in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Now, as we go through this this morning, you may want to get out a pencil and paper and jot down some of these references these scripture references so you can go back. I didn't mean this to be a Bible drill, but it may turn into one. 
But uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. In other words, he's with us. You know, there seems to be many things to fear these days. You know, our 24-hour news reporting keeps our worries in, in constant supply. We fear the coronavirus. We fear inflation. We fear uh, a coming depression. We fear the causes of cancer. We fear the threats of war. We're even afraid to go out at night thinking that maybe someone might accost us in some way. You see, the disciples, they had much to fear the night the tempest storm blew in upon them in the middle of the night out there on the sea. They were rowing their boat in the raging storm when Jesus came walking to them on the sea. And he simply said, it is I, don't be afraid. It is I, don't be afraid. Folks, that was enough. If he was with them, there was no need to fear the storm. You know, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They refused to worship the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar. And they were thrown into the fiery furnace. And the fire was so hot that the mightiest of his men, they they were killed when they threw them into the, the furnace. And when Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fiery furnace, he said, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? I see four men, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. (laughs) That's found in Daniel chapter 3. You know, if the Lord is with you, He will protect you. I love that. If the Lord is with you, He will protect you. Doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. Doesn't mean you're not going to pass through the fire. It means He will be with you in the fire. See, these words are more than a promise of protection and provision. His presence is a promise of power. (laughs) You know, when I was a kid, I remember my father taking me out into the woods of Oregon. We would go to the Deschutes National Forest. And my father at that time, in that chapter of his life, he was a a bivocational pastor, meaning he worked a job and he worked as a pastor. He did both at the same time. And what he was doing to to earn and and, and pay uh, his way was he was cutting commercial firewood. And he would literally cut hundreds of cords of wood every year. I mean, I can't even imagine how much how many cords of wood he would cut? I mean, sometimes two, three, four, five hundred cords of wood a year. That's a lot of wood. He worked very hard doing that. I can still remember the feel of his hand on the chainsaw as he was teaching me and showing me how to use it. And with my dad's powerful gloved hand just over the top of mine, his hand upon mine, showing me, guiding me. I remember sawdust flying and And the really sharp teeth of the powerful chainsaw pulling out long pieces of of wood shavings. Those teeth were that sharp. And I had a sense of power 
because dad was there and his hand was upon mine and I didn't worry about things. See, Jesus said in our passage this morning, all authority, all exousia, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. And in John chapter 14, verse 12, he said, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than he, these he will do because I go to my Father. And then in verse 20, he said, went on to say, he said, you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. See, when you go in obedience with the gospel of Christ, whether to the home of a friend or across the oceans, he assured us that he is with us, he is with you in provision, in protection, and in power. <laughs> I love this because these words are also a promise, a promise of his personal presence. I mean, his presence is with us and it is constant and it is perpetual. You know, when I hear the word always, I think of something maybe lasting forever. That, however, is not what the word means here. A literal translation from the original language would read every day. The Lord is saying, I am with you every day, every hour, every minute, every moment. I am always with you. See, he's with you when you rise up in the morning, calling you to take time to read his word and to, to listen to his voice. He will prepare you for the opportunities of the day. You will have opportunity to bear witness for him. And if you are prepared for that divine appointment, you might lead someone to Jesus Christ. He's with you in the evening when you lay down to sleep. Thank Him for the blessings He gave you throughout the day. And I want to encourage you, child of God, to trust Him. Trust Him with your worries. Trust Him with all the, the stuff that is going on in your life. Lay them at His feet and let Him take control of those. He will keep you throughout the night. I love this. In Psalm 121, verse 4, it says, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Folks, that's a great promise. He's going to be awake. Give him your worries. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. Give it to him. Trust him. Most notably, he is with you when you have sinned. Offering forgiveness and the promise of a cleansed heart. He's with you always in your sorrow sharing your grief and he will be with you in need when you are taking the gospel to a needy world he is with you always every day his presence is with us it's constant and perpetual he was with the disciples in power on the day of pentecost and the great miracle is not as we often suppose it to be today that, that men spoke in languages that they had not learned. But I submit to you this morning that the proof of His presence there came when 3,000 souls were added 
to the church. That is the proof that his presence was there. Man cannot conjure that up. Man cannot make that happen. Only God can do that. You know, as usual, when God is at work, Satan gets busy too. Peter and John, they were arrested. They were brought before the men who had put Jesus to death. And they stood before their accusers and proclaimed Jesus to be God's hope of salvation. And the rulers were amazed in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John (laughs) and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Oh, that our world would recognize us as having been with Jesus. (laughs) You know... Their unbelieving judges only half explained their boldness. They had not only been with Jesus, but he was also with them. We have nothing to fear. Not only have we been with Jesus, Jesus is with us. See, as the Apostle Paul, this is huge, as he faced the Roman, the Roman tribunal, he faced them and later on he, he wrote Timothy that no man had stood with him as he stood before Caesar. Listen to what he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, verse 16 and 17. He said, at my first defense, no one supported me but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. Listen to verse 17. Paul says, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. As he stood before Caesar... Our Lord stood with Paul. Not only was Paul with Jesus and had been with him, but now Jesus was with Paul. Folks, that's huge. He continued to be with his disciples down through the ages. I mean, when the whole generation was replaced by another, he was with them as they gathered in the catacombs. When they were martyred for their faith, as the gospel spread like the coronavirus to every corner of the Roman world, he was with them. He continued to be with his disciples. He was with Martin Luther as he loudly proclaimed that the just shall live by faith. He was with Hubmeyer as he led his band of Anabaptists and preached to the masses at the cost of his own life. He was with Adoniram Judson as he preached in the jungles of Burma. See, many years have passed since Jesus walked on this earth. And for the believers in the West, our trials are not today of persecution and martyrdom. 
Oh, there are plenty being martyred and persecuted around the world. But that doesn't seem to be our case here. You see, Satan has attacked us with riches, with social acceptance, and with the apathy that those things spawn. But even in the face of these temptations, Jesus is with us, urging us on. His promise is still true. If we accept the command of the Great Commission, then we must accept the promise of the Great Commission that He is with us, urging us on. See, even as news reports and and Scripture proclaim that the signs of the end of time are upon us, He will be with us in famine. He will be with us in pestilence. He will be with us in earthquakes and, and wars and rumors of wars. He will be with us as the gospel is preached. And really, that's what it tells us in Matthew 24, verse 14. This gospel, Jesus said, of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. He's already promised us to be with us to the end, but He's telling us, When the gospel is preached to all the nations, then the end will come. Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. I just love that. Every day, every hour, every moment. To the end of the world. To the end of the age. So mom, dad, colleague, student, friend, You need not fear because He is with us. He has promised to be with us. So go. Go and make disciples. Let's pray together. Loving Father, I thank You for this time. And Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. Lord Jesus, I thank You for Your death on the cross. I thank you for your commissioning us to go. And I thank you for your presence with us. That you don't leave us alone. That you are always with us. Every moment, every hour, every day. Father, I pray that we would get about the the commission of making disciples. And Father, that, that we would just know that you are with us. That we would sense your presence. In that moment when the persecution comes... In that moment when we are called on to give our lives the ultimate sacrifice for your kingdom work, I pray that we would not shrink back, but Father, that we would stand firm on the rock of Christ Jesus. That in these days of fear and and 24-hour news reporting and, and, and all of the things that dominate our society, Father, that we would recognize it is a tremendous opportunity that you have given us to go make disciples. While people are obsessed with that, we can be about kingdom business. We can move forth under the, 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 the shroud of fear, under the shroud of darkness, under the, the shroud of the enemy working, and we can go make disciples one by one, quietly multiplying the kingdom of God. 
even in these days. Father, may that be what we do indeed. I pray, Father, for courage. I pray for a, a spirit of power and not of, intimidy, of, of intimidation or timidity. But, Father, that you would be all in all. And that we would recognize, Lord Jesus, that you are in us and with us through it all. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for assuring our hearts in this. And it's in the mighty and precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen.